chapter 5 this, this evening. I want to thank Pastor for stealing my message this morning. <laughs> for stealing my message. We, uh, we were in the office on Friday and we were just uh, talking about a few different things. And he was talking about preparing uh, the message that he did this morning. And I'm like, wow, oh, I, I want to preach kind of the same thing. Same story, but a little bit of a different, uh, a different take on it, all right? So Luke chapter 5, uh, verse 17, we, we do find the story um, of the, the, uh, the paralyzed man, the man with palsy. Uh, in, the, in the parallel gospels, we find this story was recorded in Matthew chapter 9, uh, verses 1 to 9, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, and then also for us in Luke chapter 5, verses 18 and 26. And so we're going to be uh, looking at a couple different verses from, from all those different passages and, and just looking uh, this evening. Uh, I entitled it, Bringing Your Friends to Jesus. Bringing Your Friends to Jesus. And so we'll start by reading uh, the, the account of this in Luke chapter 5, and we'll begin verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And who would that power be? Jesus, that's right. Verse 18, and behold, and behold men brought in a, bed, in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tilling uh, with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. But when, uh, verse 22, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, what reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say, rise up and walk. But they, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. The other, the other uh, gospels here, they, they call it a bed. I like this. It's called a couch. How many guys enjoy your couch? All right. Take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took upon that whereon he lay. And departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange, strange things today. Let's pray. Lord, we do love you, God. I do thank you for this opportunity to preach. I thank you to, that we can study your word, that we can be challenged from it, that we can be encouraged by it. God, I pray as you would um, meet with us this evening, God, that you'd speak through me. God, I pray you'd just help me to, to communicate clearly. Uh, the thoughts I believe that you've put on my heart. I just pray this in Christ's name. Amen. As we think about this story, we see, uh, you know, that friends brought a friend to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 8, we also see in verse 16, the Bible says, When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. It was a very common theme, a very common occurrence that people would hear about Jesus, that they would see what he could do, that they would see the power that he had, the love that he had, and that they would bring people to Jesus to hear him. They would bring people to Jesus for healing. They would bring people to Jesus that were the down and outs. You know, even if you think about the Pharisees, they brought the lady caught in adultery to Jesus. Now their motive was to see judgment, but nonetheless, over and over and over in Scripture, we see people were bringing other people 
to Jesus. And so as we look at this this evening, there's just a couple thoughts I want us to, to take notice of, a couple things. The first thing, as we see bringing our friends to Jesus, is what does it reveal? And we're going to see four things that it reveals. And the first one is that it reveals your faith. It reveals your faith. In Luke chapter 5, verse 20, making note of not just the man that was sick with the palsy, but the, 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 the actions of the men that brought him, he says, Luke 5, verse 20, and when he saw their faith, not just the man that eventually would be healed, but the men that carried him. Now, how many of you guys have ever uh, roofed or put shingles on a roof before? A few people, okay. Were you the guy on the ladder that had to carry those bundles up and then go back down and then carry the bundles up and go back down? I think the last roof I did was, uh, was Daniel Wood. I don't see, I don't know if Jim's here at night, but uh, there's a bunch of us guys that had gone over to help Daniel, and uh, I was just, oh Lord, don't let me be on the ladder, don't let me be on the ladder. You know, you bring that, those bundles up, and then you go back down, get more. Bring those bundles up, and then go back down. And so in my mind, the picture, and I know they only had to do this one time, but you know, the, these men, they hear about Jesus, maybe they saw Jesus heal someone, and they say, hey, so we should pick a name. We'll call him Cody because Cody's there. All right, Cody, he's sick with the palsy. He can't walk. Um, let's, let's bring our friend to Jesus. And so they start the process. We don't, the Bible doesn't say how far they had to carry him, but they did. They carried him uh, on a bed or as the Bible says here in Luke on a couch and they brought this man to Jesus. He couldn't have got there on his own. They come to the house where Jesus was teaching and they, they see, okay, obviously this isn't going to work. We're not going to be able to get him inside. Uh, the Bible says they sought means to bring him in. They just, they wanted to get this guy to Jesus. They had faith that if Jesus could, could just see this man, that he could heal him. And so they, they realize, okay, we can't get him in. And so what do they do? Well, they get a ladder, or maybe they, they uh, put some things together and they, they get up onto the roof and then they pass this guy up onto the roof. Could you imagine being that paralyzed man? He's just going for a ride as they carry him up on the roof. And then as Jesus is teaching, they start crashing through the roof. They start peeling away whatever, uh, if it was made of straw or if it was made of clay tiles, whatever it was. Uh, the Bible here in Luke says the tiling and they pass him down through. It wasn't an easy task. It wasn't just a ho-hum, you know, they had to put effort. They had to put work. And when Jesus saw that, he looked at them and he says, I, I, he saw their faith, the Bible says. And so as we bring people to Jesus, sometimes that reveals our faith. It reveals that, hey, if I can just get my friend to church, you know, they're going through this difficulty, they're going through this hard time, they're battling addiction, they're battling, you know, X, Y, Z, it doesn't matter, whatever it is, if I can just get them to Jesus. And that reveals your heart. It reveals that you have belief that Jesus can make a difference. It reveals your faith. Number two, it also reveals that those friends had love. Those friends were true friends. You know, if, if Cody, we'll use him again, um, you know, if Jesus was in Delhi, Cody's in Simcoe, and, and they're like, well, Jesus could heal you. Well, I'm not carrying you to Delhi. You know, I care about you, but not, I don't think I could carry you that far. You know, the demonstration that these men showed reveals that they had a faith that Jesus could make a difference, but it shows that they loved their friend, that they actually cared for his well-being. There was no other way 
for this man to be healed. In John chapter 5, we read another story of another man who had uh, an ailment. Uh, The Bible calls him the impotent man. In John chapter 5, verse 5, the Bible says, A certain man was there uh, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent answered, said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And we know the story. Jesus heals that man. But he makes a sad declaration. I have nobody. Nobody loves me enough to sit with me and put me in the pool when the water is is turned. Nobody loves me enough to to just be with me and assist me. How else am I going to get in the water? You know, but this man that had the palsy had friends that cared about him, had friends that loved him. Their actions revealed a faith in the Savior. Their actions revealed a love for other people. It also, it reveals some things about Jesus, doesn't it? It reveals that Jesus loves the lost. And I know we don't have to, to, to rehash this. I believe I was in Jiren Church, so I didn't get to, to hear Pastor's message, but I believe that the idea was that Jesus loves and Jesus forgives, and then Jesus healed um, along those lines. But it reveals the love of a Savior. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 14, the Bible says, Jesus went forth, saw the great multitudes, and was moved with compassion. You know, he was moved by the state that they were in, not just that there was ones that were sick, not just that there was ones that were demon-possessed, not just that there was ones that were blind or deaf, but that there was ones that needed a Savior. In Mark chapter 2, I mentioned earlier that that this parallel story is in in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. The very next story that you find, Mark 2, verse 15, says, And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in his house, talking about, uh, I believe, one of the Pharisees, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many that followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he saith unto him, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, see what Jesus does there. He uses the physical example of being sick. You know, fighting a, fighting a disease. And he uses that to illustrate for us, you know, the people that are, are, are whole don't need a physician. They don't need a doctor. It's the people that are unwell. And he uses that physical example to kind of show us a spiritual truth. And he says, I, I haven't come to deal with righteous people. I haven't come to call the righteous. Jesus says, but sinners to repentance. And so all throughout Jesus' ministry, as he healed people, yes, he did care for their physical needs, but he cared for their soul. It was a means to an end, if you want. It was the the sign, kind of, that the Jews were looking for. Um, And the sign, the last thing that it reveals, we see that it reveals the the faith of those men. It reveals the love of those men for for their friend. It reveals the love of our Savior. It reveals the power of our Savior. You know, don't get me wrong, but if Jesus was not God, he could not be our Savior. He could not have died, lived a sinless life and died for me on the cross, taking my sin upon himself. And so by Jesus being able to perform miracles, by Jesus being 
God, he was able to be my savior. In Luke chapter 5, if you still have your, your hand there, in Luke 5, verse 22, the Bible says, when Jesus perceived their thoughts, you know, I, I know as, as a husband, there's times when I can see my wife and I know exactly what she's thinking. All right, we, we have a, a bunch of people coming over tonight. And so this afternoon we were cleaning and I was on the computer not cleaning at the time. And Amanda just comes over and she's like, what you doing? And I'm like, oh, I get the hint, all right? You can, you can read their mind. You know what they're thinking, right? Jesus could do that supernaturally. You know, Jesus could look at you. You could have a, a stone-cold face, and he knew what they were thinking. Luke 5, 22, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, these Pharisees, these, these doubters who, who um, you know, just looking for anything to pick apart, with Jesus' ministry. He perceived their thoughts. He answering said, what reason ye in your hearts? What are you thinking? What's going through your mind? Whether it's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk. At this time, he had not yet healed the man. He had forgiven the man, but he, had still, he was still paralyzed. He looks around and he says, all you people that, that are, are questioning, that are doubting, who is this guy forgiving sins? I got one. I got another thing for you to see. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, to prove it. All right? Because you can't see the heart. You can't see that transaction of sins being forgiven. You know, you guys, you just, you're blind to that. I'll show you something you can see. And he looks at the man and says, uh, but that ye may know the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go to thine own house. He forgives him, he heals him, to make the point, to prove that he is the Son of God. And so it reveals that, that, that his friends and himself, that they had a faith in the Savior. It reveals that they had a love, those friends loved their, 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 uh, their friend that was, was paralyzed. It reveals the love of Savior. It reveals the power of our Savior. What's our application? What, what is relevant to us? Why does it matter? Firstly, tonight, it should humble us. Right off the bat, it should humble us that God would allow us to be used to hopefully bring people to Jesus. You know, God could supernaturally bring the gospel to, to whoever he wants and just save them right there in their room. But he has chosen to use you. He has chosen to use a sinful person like myself to hopefully, if I'm doing my job, to reach people. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, the Bible says, one of the, great, one of the passages of the Great Commission, "'Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature.'" Did Jesus know the hearts of the people that he was saying that to? Absolutely. He, read, he knew the thoughts of these publicans, and, or sorry, of the Pharisees. He knew the hearts of those disciples. He knew that they would struggle with sin. He knew that, that some of them were, were in the midst of battles inside. And yet he says, he looks at this, this fallen group of people, these sinners, and says, I am trusting you with a mission. I am telling you that the gospel is to be proclaimed by you, by a sinner, to another sinner. And so as we think about that, it should humble us. Very first thing that as I was just reading through this, how humbling, how, how 
Awesome it is to think that God would entrust the power of the gospel, the life-changing message of the gospel to us. Romans 10 verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How then shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know, that's not just talking about pastors. You know that, right? It doesn't say, how, the, how shall they hear without, you know, the, the, the clergy, all right? Dennis, when you go shopping and you tell someone about Jesus, you can preach. I know Michelle can preach. Michelle preaches better than Dennis. We all know that, all right? Every single one of us have the opportunity, if you can open God's word and you can tell someone the gospel, you are, by kind of this, by this verse, you're a preacher. You are proclaiming the truth of the gospel. And that, that's for us. God has chosen to do that. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what's our challenge? The first one would be to humble us. The second one is just a question. Am I pointing people to Jesus or away from Jesus? You know, if Jesus was here on this earth, and I know it's a hypothetical, you know, he, he's not here on this earth healing people. But if he was, would there be people in my life that, first of all, I have faith that Jesus could heal them, that Jesus could change their life. And secondly, that I love them enough to put the effort into bringing that person to him. That I love them enough that I believe that Jesus can heal them, that I will carry them. I would lift them up onto a roof. I would break through that person's roof, roof to, to bring them to Jesus. Would I do that for someone? And I think the honest truth, and myself, I'm guilty of this as well, is I, I think we don't. How easy is it for us just to invite someone. You know, I don't have to carry anyone on a bed. I don't have to break through a roof. All I have to do is hand out a track. All I have to do is say, hey, we're having um, a connect group tonight. All right, we're having food, which for me is an awesome thing, okay? Um, but how easy is it for us to invite and yet how often don't we invite people? You know, and, and so what's that say? Do I either not love them or... Do I not believe that God can change their life? Do I not believe the power of the gospel? Because it's got to be one of those. You know, I, I wrote down just a, a catchy phrase, all right? Are you a bright and salty Christian? All right, a bright and salty Christian. And we'll close by looking at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, verse 13. Matthew 5, verse 13. The Bible says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savior, savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for what? Good for nothing. But to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all those, all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, we have the responsibility to be salty. 
All right, we have the responsibility to let our light shine. All right, and the purpose, God gives us the purpose that, number one, that they may see your good works, but ultimately that they would glorify God. You know, do we live our lives in a way that people just, they see you and they say, I want that. They go to church, yeah, that's weird. That's different. Man, I don't want to give up my weekends. But what they have, maybe the joy, maybe the peace they have, maybe the contentment they have, I want that. All right, are we salty? Are we, are we drawing that as people see our lives? You know, do you have a testimony in your workplace, in your family? Do you have a testimony of a life that has been changed? You know, I think of that man or the, the friends. You know, that man that was, was paralyzed obviously couldn't have been getting around to see what Jesus had been doing, right? And so it's his friends that likely saw Jesus perform miracles earlier. And they came home and told him, hey, this guy's healing people. This guy's letting blind people see and deaf people hear. I think he could help you, all right? The, the, the world around us, they don't, they don't know maybe necessarily what they're missing until they see it in us, until we are, have that opportunity to be a salt, to be a light. You know, how easy would it have been just to invite someone, you know? And, and I know maybe we have people that we're praying that God will work on and God will bring you know, but are we inviting them? Are we putting in the effort to bring our friends to Jesus? As we close, I'm going to pray and, and um, I'll turn it over to Pastor for an invitation. But my challenge for you is to think of someone. And if no one comes to mind, ask Jesus, Jesus, who is a friend that needs you that I can bring, that I can make the effort to tell them about you, that I can, can share the power that you have and the change that you've made in my life? And I would, just, I would just challenge you as we, as we close our service, just to be thinking, who is my friend? Who can I be telling about Jesus? Let's pray together. Lord, I do love you, God. I do thank you for this, this story. I thank you for the, the love that these men had for their friend and the difference that you can make in his life, or the difference you did make in his life. God, I know that you, you're not willing that any should perish. God, I do pray for myself. I pray for our church family that you would put those people on our hearts, God, that we would be actively bringing people to the Savior. God, I thank you so much for your love for us. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.